calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. <laughs> Welcome to 1986. Well, considering that I was negative too, but um, you know, I was I was talking to you off the air, and um, you know, some of these uh, some of these early years are um, in terms of the pay per views have been uh, brutal to watch so far. Um, They've been the tour. But, um, you know, it goes back to what I was telling you. Like, I'm not illiterate when it comes to the history of wrestling by any stretch of the imagination, as you know, through, you know, five years of doing this show and then, of course, wrestling POV, um, which I will be back on Friday after missing last week. But, um... But yeah, this one in particular, and it was just very challenging to get through because some of the matchups, if you look at them on paper, like they're gonna excite you. Yep. But but then like you get into them and they're like, mm. no. So go on. You know we're gonna be discussing. Um, you know, WrestleMania 2 today from a variety of perspectives because if we just reviewed the matchups, yep. folks, this would be a very short show. Yeah. Because it'd, quite it'd frankly... Be like 25 minutes. <laughs> because quite frankly, some of these you just can't review. You know, I'm just being honest. So, um, but I am looking forward to getting Elio's take on um, WrestleMania 2 as well. And oh, really? I, um, oh, go ahead. I did go to the movies this past weekend. However, Top Gun is, will not be coming out until next month. We're, we are oh. in April and Top Gun will be coming out in May. I did see another movie, though. What? Which one was that? I went to see Police Academy 3 back in training. You know what? In all seriousness, folks, I've never seen a Police Academy movie. Oh, I think I grew up, my brother and I grew up on these, the police academies. And while I was on my way to see them, to see that movie, of course, I need my music. So I turned on the radio and the number one song this past weekend is Falco, Rock Me Every Day Is. Oh, that's that's great. I'm sure you've heard that one. Of course. That's the that song. That song is stuck in my head every night for the past week. They've been playing it at the top on the top seven at seven. Wow. Yeah. So now, before we get into WrestleMania two, holy shit! Before, oh, what happened? I'm sorry, folks. I just discovered something as as Elio was was talking. 
Oh. Um, little bit of a sidebar, Elio. If you'll follow me to to the to the uh, to the to the side here. All right. Um, holy crap! Oh. Apparently, some of you have discovered us on Spotify over the last thirty days or so because um our spotify impressions which is a new feature on spotify for podcasters is called anchor god damn it um yeah so just like gunther's name is walter so that has become a new feature that you can you can measure on anchor which is spotify impressions ours are 464 over the last 30 days which means you guys have either searched for us on Spotify that many times or it has or it has um let me look or it, it has just been shown to anybody in any capacity on Spotify whether it's on your home screen you searched for it wow. or whatever so we um thoroughly appreciate that and yes. um and what really surprises me about that, folks, is um, throughout the, the history of our show, um, Spotify has been a very low performer in terms of, you know, where um, where you guys listen to our show. Um, so the fact that we are getting discovered on a platform as big as Spotify is very exciting to me. So uh, thank you guys very yes, much for that. Thank you. And I, um, you know, I know that was a little bit of a weird sidebar, but I'm, I'm just like, you know, holy shit. No. Um, but going back to what we were talking about. Now, Ben, I did a little something. I took the DeLorean and I went Two months into the future, two months ahead to 1986, I went to June 7th of 1986. Exactly two years before the magical day that I was born. Now, we were talking about Top Gun, okay, and I told you it won't be coming out in theaters until May. Right. On June 7th of 1986, number one movie at the box office is Top Gun. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, what? Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. But but, but it makes sense yeah. considering how popular that movie is. Back to April 7th, 86, Ben, WrestleMania 2, the, the only WrestleMania in history that took place on a, on a Monday night. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I read that when I was doing um research for the show because it's not just I don't just watch the show and go in blind, obviously, because I'm not a dumb dumb. Um, <laughs> dumb dumb what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I really um research a lot of different aspects of these reviews that we do, and that was weird to me. You're right. Uh, and I don't. Like, it was weird to you, and you weren't even born. But like I was twelve well, years no, old. No, but just the just the concept yeah, that WrestleMania no, would be on a Monday would be weird. I'm saying it. It was. It's. It's weird to you, and you weren't even born. And I was twelve, and I remember when they announced this. I was like, a Monday night, okay. But 
I wonder why they. I guess I guess they did that because they were trying to, um, you know, coordinate between three different locations. Now, I have to. Ch I want to check something here because um, I want to see exactly the attendance on this one because we already we already know the way um. The way uh, Wikipedia works with the uh, numbers. So I yeah, just want to see. They're, they're see very the yeah with uh, they're they're very inconsistent with their numbers. Yeah, so I just want to see uh, the other site, uh, what their attendance is, if it matches. So, give me one minute here, okay? On the fly research, folks. Actually, it's kind of hard to um, to tell. Uh, ben, can you do some quick math? Sure. Okay, sixteen thousand five hundred eighty-five. Okay, hold on. Sixteen five eighty-five plus nine thousand. Okay. Plus fourteen thousand five hundred. That is forty thousand eighty five. Okay, so that was okay, so these numbers are correct. Alright, so Ben, what do you say we get into WrestleMania two? Absolutely. And just a uh, just a heads up before we get into the review, folks. Um, for for some of our uh, younger viewers, um, some some of this some of this is gonna sound very weird to you in terms of the structure of this particular WrestleMania because um, the three um, the three location thing. Is something that they never did again because quite frankly, quite frankly, it didn't work. Nope. And it was very strange. You know, I have to say, you know, okay, so okay, I'm gonna just scroll down to the matches real quick here because he, now, okay, you and Dale got four matches. Now. I gotta say, it must have been uh, a chore for the people to like sit there for the rest of the show once their portion of WrestleMania was over. Well, I uh, I'm looking that up now, and apparently, um, apparently, according to um the site that I'm using, um, apparently what they did was they lowered a bunch of big screens, um, once once the segment in that location was over so that the people in those locations could watch the rest of, of the show. Oh, I know what like, you're saying. It must have been a chore for the people in that location to like sit there yeah. for the rest of the show. Yeah, you know, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like the WrestleMania, um, you know, um, 25 year celebration because they did that um, from the site of the original 
of Monday Night Raw, the very first episode, they aired it from two different locations. One was uh, the Ma- the Manhattan Center, and I forget where they were um, for the live for the um, for the other one. Right. But it, but it just came off as being weird because yeah. it was a bunch of segments and a bunch of filler and maybe a match here and there. Um, so. So this WrestleMania is kind of similar to that, and I would imagine that that would have been very awkward for the fans not in the building currently being showcased. Um. So okay, so, so hold on, hold on. So April Monday, April seventh, eighty six, the first um, forty thousand eighty five, and uh, you you know what the tagline was for this WrestleMania? No, what was it? So the tagline was. What the they had yeah, two it one was the premier sporting event of the year and the second one is the one that I remember what the world has come to. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> right. The, the the first stop is going to be in the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, and before we get into the matches. I gotta get. I gotta talk about these celebrities because Ben, what? What? Oh my God! I am so. You know what? Actually, I'm glad you bring that up first because I'm going. I'm going to pull up the message that I sent you as I was finishing up watching. And you know what? That's the other night. Do me a favor. Um, pull up. Can you see if you can pull up the celebrities and, and one by one the ones you don't recognize? I'll help. Uh, fill in the blanks. Yeah. So, um, hang on. Let me. Let me. Okay. Let me see if I can do that first. All right. I'll just type in WrestleMania to celebrities. Um, hang on. Because this was unreal. It 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 was bad. <laughs> Not only that, folks, but the the first one that was um that was featured, Susan St. James. Okay. Um. They used her as a as a commentator for the matches, and I'm like, the fuck. So are you gonna are you gonna go with that as your first one? Um. Well. Well. That. Well. That's just what I. Um. That's the first one that I remember. I'm pulling them up right now. Okay. But I'm saying if you want to, that can be your first one. If you want. No, we're gonna we're gonna talk about them in order. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. So I have the list of celebrity appearances. So let's oh let, let's let's do that <laughs> for our first um for our first segment on um on this review, shall we? All right. Um. So the first one was Ray Charles. I that one I, I, that I'm one was use... cool. Well, you know that was fine, but like. Uh, like... I just don't see Ray Charles as a wrestling fan. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I I see him more. I know him more like for his music. Yeah, it's um, I I don't know, but I'll tell you one thing. It was much 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 better than uh Gene Okerlund singing the the national anthem at WrestleMania one. Yeah, this um, is true. It was a much better um deal than that. The second one was Ozzy Osbourne. He um, he came 
after he came out after the the for the actually no I'm sorry he accompanied the British Bulldogs yeah in their um tag team title match against the Dream Team yes. which which for those of you that don't know the Dream Team consisted of Greg Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake yeah. um which was a very weird uh, combination if I if I if I must say so myself. Um, so the third one was the aforementioned Susan St. James. Okay. You, go on. No, go did on. you know? Did you know who she was? Because yes, I yes, had I to I had to look her up to see what she was even on because I had never heard of her. Yes, I I I heard of she was. She was one of the stars of a sitcom back in 1986 called Kate and Allie. Yeah, and that's what I'm reading here. But I, to be honest with you folks, I have no idea who she is beyond that. And you know what? I never, I've never really been into that sitcom. Like, I never used to watch it regularly. So for me, it was just there. Like, like doesn't matter like one way or other because uh i was never really into that show yeah well well that should tell you something because um elio is a is a old television kind of person he's very oriented in that in that in the entertainment realm uh, Shane. yes exactly um <laughs> And then the third one, this one was strange. Uh, Joan Rivers. Uh, yeah, that that was very weird. What does Joan Rivers have to do with wrestling? And then we had Kathy Lee Crosby. Kathy Lee Crosby. Now, do you know who she is? I did not know who she, she was. She was one of the hosts of a reality show back in the 80s called That's Incredible. So it's okay. kind of like a okay. You you have America's Funniest Home Videos. This was like a more serious version, a more serious version of that with like in different uh, videos, and it was called "That's Incredible." Okay, cool. See, this is why this is why I love having Elio on the show with me because. Where I have no idea, he can cover the he can cover my ass, so I don't look like a fucking moron. Very good. <laughs> um, now I did know who the, who this next guy is because I'm a huge sports sports buff. Um, and I, honestly, even if you're not and you don't know who this guy is, um, I don't know what you're doing. Um. The next one was Tommy Lasorda. Who? He was. <laughs> he was. I a, know who Tommy Lasorda is. Come on. He was the special guest ring announcer yeah. for the uh, main event. Yep. Um, cage match between Bundy and Hogan. Yep. And he was a he was the manager of the uh, Dodgers at the time. And mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know, because you're not baseball nerds like me. Um, he he led the Dodgers to eight division titles and two World Series. So, meh. Eh. Um, <laughs> that was a sound clip. 
Un unlike the rest of these people, he he is actually uh, relevant to me. Um, and then um, the next one was Elvira. Oh, okay. God damn. Elvira. <laughs> Cassandra Peterson. Now, basically, she's on... Okay, you know how I'm a big fan of Tubi. I watch all my movies on there. I scare the crap out of you with my posters. Yes. There are a lot of Elvira's Midnight Macabre, movie Macabre. What she does is she will show, she uh, has this show called Elvira's Movie Macabre, where she shows old horror movies from the 60s and 70s, a lot of which aren't really that great. They're like low budget horror movies from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was never really a fan of Elvira. It's just it's yeah. like. The earliest goth chick you could possibly imagine, and it was just weird. Yeah, I, I just um, can't with Elvira. So the next one was Ricky Schroeder. Um, oh my god! I know him a little bit from NYPD Blue, but that's it. Okay, so Ricky Schroeder was a was much like Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He was a child actor. He starred in a sitcom called Silver Spoons from '82. Never heard of it. <laughs> it wasn't that great. Also, Alfonso Ribeiro, Carlton, and uh, Jason Bateman were on that show as well. But yeah, another show I was never into. Um. So the next one we had was G. Gordon Liddy. I don't. I have no idea who that is. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna look that up for you because I'm curious myself. The 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 little tiny snippet that I have here. Um, he, he was a guest judge for the Mr. T Rowdy Roddy okay. Piper boxing match. Oh, wow. So he was, he was the chief. Okay, this is hilarious. So you're going to laugh your ass off and be like, what the hell? Why was he here? So I shit you not, this is what it says. He goes, the former chief operative for the White House Plumbers Unit. Yes. Who was... He, 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 Look, he was an American lawyer in the Watergate scandal. Okay. What does he have to do with wrestling? What? I, and what does he have to do with boxing? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. What are you doing? So the, what the, this WrestleMania was, wasn't great. Okay, what's no, next? Who's next? Daryl Dawkins. Daryl Dawkins. I do know who he is. Because yeah. I'm a sports guy, so yeah. he he's he was a um, former NBA player known as Chocolate Thunder. Okay. Um. He, he uh yeah I'm not sure why he was there either. I'm not really sure. Um. Apparently he was known for for um for being uh. For practicing interplanetary fuckmanship in the all <laughs> season. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what? what that means. I have no idea. So the, the next uh, celebrity if, was... If, if this were an episode of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast, that would be the title, Interplanetary Fuckmanship. Yes, what? it would. <laughs> no, it would. Um, uh, go on. But um, then we had Herb. Okay, Herb. I didn't even know who this uh, guy was. Do you know who he was? 
Hell no. <laughs> All right. So, in the 80s, Burger King ran this campaign where they were looking for Herb. Okay. And anyone that... And Herb's never had a Whopper in his life. Okay? okay. Never had Poor a Burger bastard. King Whopper in his life. Poor bastard. So anyone that <laughs> went to Burger King that ordered a Whopper would say, I'm not Herb. Uh, somebody about I'm not her, but I've never had a whop, but I've had a whopper. So okay. they would put their order in. So you see, that's what I got from that. That's that's absolutely riveting. I don't. I, don't know. I am like it is ridiculous. We need celebrities. Who are you up next? Um, apparently Cub Calloway was a guest judge for the boxing match. Mr. T, along with uh, Daryl Dawkins, and he is a jazz performer. I don't know shit about jazz, but apparently he was one Cab of the guys. Cab Calloway? Yeah. His biggest hit was called Minnie the Moocher. Um, okay. It's from, like, the 30s. Okay. I'm into music, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I wasn't even born until 88, so what the, what the hell do I know about the 30s? <laughs> and I'm not just trying to laugh it off like it's stupid. I'm just being honest. Yeah, yeah. just go with it. I've been to that music from the 30s and 40s, so I know, I know that for some weird reason I know my stuff there. So, um, Clara Peller was the next um, okay. one. Clara Peller, Ben. Yeah. So, Clara Peller, I I know her because she was also in the, in the commercials. Okay, she was an she was an American actress, and she was known for the the Wendy's commercials. Wendy's ran this campaign where their slogan was "Where's the beef?" and that was her line. That was like her catchphrase. Where's oh, the God. beef? All I know about Wendy's is that the one time I had a, this is funny, I had a night class back in college. Mm -hmm. And um, after the night class, mom took me to Wendy's to get some food. Um, Did she ask what the beef was? No, but but so they told us, you know, we didn't even order a lot of food. And, you know, the, the lady told us how much it was when we flew up to get it. And the price was so ridiculous that Mom and I were both like, that's okay, we don't want it. We're not paying for that. Um, so we ended up going somewhere else because the burger was just ridiculously expensive. Um, so just I'll go on. Go ahead. No, go finish what you're going to say. I'm just going to show you something. And the last, um, the last celebrity involved with this WrestleMania was Joe Frazier, and Joe I, obviously I'm very familiar with Joe Frazier. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, Ben, before you continue, now Clara Peller, I, I I have a picture of her. Are you are you looking at me right now? Yes, I am. This is Clara Peller. Okay. Where's the beef? 
That was, uh, that was like her catchphrase uh, for the Wendy's campaign. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, a good like piece care. of... <laughs> a useless piece of information. <laughs> right, the information right here on Wrestling History 101. Anyway, um, but it was it was exciting to, to see Joe Frazier. Um, that was about the only thing I enjoyed about the Roddy Roddy Piper Mr. T boxing match because I'm like, why? Um, but after our first commercial break, which is rapidly incoming, uh, we will finally get into the matches of WrestleMania 2. Stay tuned. And we are back, and we're going to get into WrestleMania 2. Ben, are you strapped in tight for this puppy ride? Yes, let's get into the DeLorean and uh, keep going, man. All right, so we are going to start in Uniondale, New York from the Nassau Coliseum. Ben, what do you have first for us? So... What a what a downgrade for Paul Orndorff from year one to year two of WrestleMania. Year oh, one. Sorry, before you go on. But well, no, you know what? Go on. I'm going to tell you uh, when we're close to ending the show because it has to do with next week, anyways. With okay. The, no, with this Saturday. Okay. So go on. So, yeah, like I was saying. Paul Orndorff had a very steep drop off because he was involved in the main event of WrestleMania One. Yep. And then, um, and then he he got a four minute and ten second match um, to open WrestleMania two. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, it was against Don Morocco, but what what are the, and I would say this about the current generation as well. What what is anybody supposed to do with a four minute match? Exactly. And I noticed this as well. Even the crowd didn't like it because the crowd started chanting bullshit. And keep in mind, folks, this is 1986. You know? Um, Yeah, this this is not... And that was a a terrible way to end the match. I I mean, what's the point of of doing a double countout at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, I I would say that about current booking as well. If that was done today at WrestleMania, what? Now, Ben, I have to ask you. Now, did you notice Paul Orndorff's right arm? No. Okay, because his right arm is um slightly messed up. Like you notice how it looked a little smaller than his left. I hadn't, but I can go back and look. Okay, because that, that's actually, he said, that was uh, due to, it was uh, due to an injury. It said, wonder if suffered a spinal injury with accounts differing. When it, with accounts differing when it happened. So, so, um, yeah, when it counts different when it happened, whether it was in the ring or whether it was a weightlifting injury, those were the root causes. Either one or the other was the root cause which resulted in diminished use of his right arm. Okay. So, Ooh. like, if, if well, you. I'm not cool, but. 
<laughs> so so if you like even uh the next pay-per-view we're gonna review he was in the main event and just watches right on cool i will keep an eye on that um okay so next next up we had an intercontinental title match between randy savage and george the animal steel now on this paper, was bad this was bad yes it was but on paper, this was something that I was looking forward to. Yeah. And and then I have to I have to listen to to Susan St. James offering me relationship <laughs> about how Randy should treat Elizabeth better. I mean, he should have. I mean, it it was an in character thing, folks. This is professional wrestling. But uh, she uh, but, uh, well, yeah, according to Dark Side of the Ring, it was it was uh outside as well um i'd have to go back and i i mean i do remember seeing that one but I, all i remember is that he was he was possessive of her yeah um so, ben, so do, you, and, do, you know the, do you know the story behind uh the randy seven george steel feud no all right so george animal steel Became became infatuated with Elizabeth and started following Savage around like uh, like uh, oh having eyes for Elizabeth and like Savage uh, wasn't having it and uh, that's how the feud started. Well, I don't I don't blame him. Sounds very similar to the Hogan Savage feud building. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I don't blame any guy for getting distracted by Elizabeth. I mean, good God. Um, she, I mean, she was absolutely beautiful. No disrespect intended whatsoever, you know. Um, but well, good Lord. But one thing I didn't need to hear throughout the match, and once again, Susan St. James offering more <laughs> advice, okay? <laughs> because, you know, because at one point, Steel, you know, has Savage in a double choke, right? Yeah. And, Su and Susan, in her infinite wisdom, says, and I quote, because they, they have it on the they have it on the thing, but I also noticed it on commentary as well as I was watching it. Um, he, he says, kind of changes things there a little bit, huh? Talking about the choke. And it's like, Jesus, why do we have her on commentary? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because this it is goes, like Alley, this is professional wrestling. Because it goes back to the point that you were making. It, it's one it's it's one thing to have uh you know celebrity involvement in um pro wrestling, but it's another thing to put them in a situation like commentary because at least they have to know something about it. You know, it, and it's just very clear that she just has no idea. And, and then, like, so as I was saying, getting back to the wrestling part of it, um, you know, on paper, this is something that I, um, that I was looking forward to, but then it turns into, like, a cheap five-minute match that ends up in a cheap pin because... Morocco gets tripped by Savage and he pinned him off of a trip by putting his feet on the ropes. I mean, good God. 
you know, and and the whole idea is is that Macho is scared of George Animal Steel, which I don't blame him for. It looks like he's wearing a sweater indoors. Um, <laughs> but um, it's just because um, of the body hair, which is nasty enough. Yep. And then you, you got him tearing up turnbuckles and stuff. So I can, I can, uh, I can sympathize with some, with a regular person being scared of him, but not Macho Man Randy Savage for ben, fuck's sake. Ben, did you know that George Steele apparently had no intentions of uh, ever getting into professional wrestling? He wasn't a no. fan. No, I didn't know that. He was telling us a story about that uh, back in twenty fourteen. I'm gonna say. He was uh, the, the the final interview of 2014. Oh, on uh, on one of your shows. Yeah, on uh, on uh, that other show uh, that that I was uh, part of. Cool. Yeah, that was man, a good interview as well. Man, you had all kinds of good stuff. I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell I'll send you a list of all the people that we've had on that show. Off off air. After cool. the, the show, yeah. Okay, what do we have next? Um, so the next match. Oh, this was so thrilling! I was so <laughs> excited for this, Elio. Oh my! You know what? Oh. I can, I can, I can see you on the edge of your seat for this one. I just uh, let me scoot it up so I can, <laughs> I can probably convey my enthusiasm. Can you, can you see me? Uh, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so this, this, you know, this is uh, Jake Roberts versus George Wells. And if you don't know who George Wells is, I don't blame you. I had to look him up. I had never heard of George Wells. What, okay, uh, so do you, do you have anything on George Wells? Um, or do you have to go and look it up again? Because I can do that for you right now if you want. Uh, I mean, if you, could you go look it up? I had it up at one point, but then... I he's, he's a retired American professional wrestler, and he competed in the Canadian Football League. Um, and uh, he he also wrestled under the ring name Master G. Oh my like, god! It's literally spelled G as in G E E. Oh my fucking god! And that is uh, that is all I have on George Wells from from what I from what I have in front of me. Well, um, you know, the, I'm gonna make this really short and simple. The um, the most entertaining part of this was Damien. Yeah. Um, you know, choking the life out of George Wells and making him froth at the mouth. Because nothing about the three minutes and fifteen seconds outside of Jay kidding the DDT after a knee lift, mm-hmm. you know. It, but it's just why? Why? Like, yeah. Why would you spend time outside of the ring at all in a three minute and fifteen second match? I realize that this is a different time. That reality doesn't escape me. So it makes sense that wrestling would be booked different and. The entertainment value would be different, and you're looking for different things. I so, get that. So hold on. So prior to WWF, this is your first time seeing him, and you know you don't know who he is outside of like what you looked up. But prior to WWF, he competed in Stampede Wrestling from Calgary between 1978 and 1979. 
Then he competed in the National Wrestling Alliance territories for St. Louis and Central States between 1979 and 1980. Then Mid-Atlantic from 1980 to 1985. And then he, after WrestleMania, after he left WF, he went to Memphis in the Texas area. I think he retired in 92, right? Yeah. So, like, from 78 to 92? Yep. He retired, oh, well, yeah, his retirement was eventual retirement in 1992. Well, that's a respectable career, I suppose. Um, but I'm just, you know, the fact that this is even, you know, a WrestleMania... I know, like, I don't understand how this match uh, came to be because it's it sounds so random. <laughs> You know, I, I I really don't get it at all. You know, and here's the, here's the thing about the the next match because honestly, the the snake and the DDT is the only things I can tell you. Um, remember how I said it was hard to review some of these things? Yep. Um. So the, next up, we have Roddy Piper versus Mr. T. And maybe I'm in the minority here. I can understand why that would be a big deal back in the day. You know, big celebrity involvement. Then Mr. T was a huge deal and, you know, things like that. You know, and I, I've seen clips of the A-team and, you know, the all of his commercials. And we know he loves his mama. You know, from his, yep. you know, Hall of Fame induction speech. Yep. You know, I get it. Um, but Jesus Christ, this was bad. Yeah. Um, so it go, I'm not going to take you through each round, you know, because it really doesn't matter because, because in a boxing match, it ended in a disqualification mm-hmm. because, because, um, Rowdy threw a stool at uh, Mr. T and then body slammed him <laughs> for the DQ. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's I I suppose that the entertainment um, segment of the evening for the people of in New York, but that's how you're gonna end the main event uh, for that building of WrestleMania. Good God! And now Ben. You were asking me about this uh, when you were watching it, and and while it sounded like it was a joke, this is really how this came to be. Mr. T was crowned as like the WWF boxer coming off of his role in Rocky Three as Clubber Lang. They actually ran they ran with that story of his role as boxer Clubber Lang in Rocky Three. They decided to bring the concept over to WrestleMania 2. Well, it didn't work, folks. <laughs> no, it did not. And uh, this boxing match with Roddy Pepper is is uh, coming off of the previous one he had against Cowboy Bubble and on the Saturday Night's main event a month earlier. Or, well, or a couple of weeks earlier. Yeah, no, a month earlier. And, and and we know that this was not uh, WWE's first foray into boxing because we would get the ill-fated um, brawl for all featuring oh. Butterbean. Oh, bad. Oh. <laughs> Good God. Hey, what's brawl for all? We're, ni- we're 1986. Uh, what is what's brawl for all? 
Oh, just wait another 12 years. It's, it's coming. It's just, oh, God. Right. <laughs> is that uh, what you have for this one? Yes. And, All right. And I'm going to, the next one was, was arguably, Elio, look at me now. It was arguably the best women's title match in the history of WrestleMania. <laughs> To, to ride, to ride so all the great. what 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 an opener. <laughs> we're we're gonna move on to the Rosemont Horizon. Rosemont Illinois said what an opening match we have for the people in Rosemont, Illinois. I the mean Fabulous Moolah versus Velvet McIntyre. I mean it rivals WrestleMania 35 triple threat match, goddammit. It was riveting. <laughs> I mean what a joy. <laughs> This is bullshit. <laughs> and, and look at the time on this. A minute 25. No. What? So, so, so okay. It, it was basically a snapmares. It was a series of snapmares. A, a sloppy. So, so I have to make a correction. It was Velvet McIntyre challenging Lady Voldemort. Exactly. Right? So. So Mula starts with a succession of snapmares and then hits the sloppy clothesline. That, that was her, that, that was her uh, move set. And then we get McIntyre coming back with drop kicks, followed by a back elbow and body slam, and a missed splash, off of which Mula covered her. By the way, the body splash wasn't off the top rope. No, it was off the middle rope. <laughs> And she still missed, but apparently she was hurt so bad that she lost the match. Then tell me, tell me, come on! As seeing, seeing two matches with Evans Mula, is she not a terrible worker? <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I don't get it. Based off what I've seen from her, no, I don't, I don't terrible. see what made her so special. I've never I been really, a fan. And and I'm not just saying that because of you know what came out much later. Yeah. Um. No, I'm saying I've never been a fan. Like even from back from here in 1986, 85. But I mean, it was 59 seconds long here. How am I supposed to take this seriously? Right. So then next up we have uh, Corporal Kirshner. I'm going to try to calm down just because I'm getting a little irritated with this car already. Um, he had Corporal Kirshner versus Nikolai Volkov, accompanied by Freddie Blassie. And Nikolai uh, with his Russian national anthem? Yes. And, you know, this is a, another, you know, typical you know, uh, nation versus nation. Each yeah. guy has their country's flag in the corner. Oh, this was so fascinating. It was so badass. So you must go back and watch this thing. Not I, really. I, I, can't, I can't remember. Have we? Have you seen... Uh, this is, is this your first Corporal Crusher match? Or... This was my second one, because remember, remember he okay, was... Okay, right, yeah. He yeah, was he on... The wrestling, um, wrestling classic. So what do you think of Corporal Crusher? Seeing him like in the past two times you've seen him. Um, yeah, he wasn't bad. Uh, you know, I know I know he didn't last long, but I think that was because of the gimmick. 
Um, but you know, was he anything special? I don't think so. No, I'd say I, I was never a fan of Corporal Crusher, really. So then, you know. Okay, so, I'm sorry. I'm looking it up. I'm looking at other his other ring names. I can't believe I'm seeing this name. Okay, may I? Yes, sir. Go ahead. So other ring names he's used. Axe. AXE, Colonel Kirshner, Corporal Kirshner, Freddy Krueger. Oh, Christ. Leatherface, RT Reynolds, oh. Super Leather, and Super Leatherface. Oh, Jesus. What? Good God. So, so basically, the most entertaining part of this match was when. Classy Freddy Blassie tried to throw his cane to to Nikolai. Mm. To obviously, use it on Kirshner, and um, Kirshner intercepts it and uses it on Volkov. And so, so the ref recovers so quickly from getting punched out earlier by Volkov. Or no, I'm sorry. He got accidentally knocked out by um, by Kirshner, but he um, recovered so quickly that he was able to count uh, Kirshner pinning Nikolai Volkov. Nikolai Volkov lost the Corporal Kirshner in a minute and 40 seconds, which means the last two matches of WrestleMania 2 lasted a total of two minutes and 40 seconds. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Two minutes and 39 seconds. How dare wow. I? Wow. Now, Ben, after the Can you sense my interest? Yep. Now, Ben, I have to tell you, okay, I'm looking up for uh, Corporal Kirshner, okay? Uh-huh. So, at least, unlike... unlike Sergeant Slaughter, he was in the U.S. Army. He was in 82nd Airborne. Okay. Well, respect for that. Absolutely. His career went from WWF to Stampede Wrestling to New Japan to Universal Wrestling Federation. The Herb Abrams one. Oh, God. To to International Wrestling to FMW. That's a whole other promotion altogether that uh, I'll tell you off air. No, I, I know about FMW. They were oh, okay. absolutely insane. They were That was a ECW before ECW. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, go on. Um, and he, oh, he he only died in December two thousand twenty-one. Apparently, from what I'm looking at, he he um, and he only retired in two thousand ten. That's interesting. I didn't realize that he wrestled for that long. Um, okay, well, that's interesting. Damn, I, okay. Yep. We're not taking calls, calls right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what's next? Um, so, um, oh, God. <laughs> I think I know what matches next. <laughs> 
Elio, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Folks, I've been sending running commentary to Elio via uh, Messenger as I was watching this. And I I I almost turned it off. I I mean I would have had to come back and watch the second round at WrestleMania too, and I just couldn't do that. So I powered through. This was a, a battle royal featuring the WWF versus the NFL football players, okay? Now, I have the list of football players in front of me, okay? Actually, okay. List of all, all of them. Yeah, so, so do had, I. So we had Jimbo Covert from the Chicago Bears. We had Pedro Morales, Tony Atlas, Ted Arcidi. Harvey Martin, former player for the Dallas Cowboys, Danny Spivey, Hillbilly Jim, King Tonga, The Iron Sheik, Ernie Holmes from Pittsburgh Steelers, B. Brian Blam, Chimbernsell, The Killer Bees, Big John Studd, Bill Freilich, The Atlanta Falcons. He was the, he was the 1985 Rookie of the Year. Jim Neidhart. Russ Francis, San Francisco 49ers, Bruno San Martino, and William the Refrigerator Perry, further from the Chicago Bears. Along with Andre the Giant in yellow tights. You know what? I, this and was no confusing. singlet, folks. This was confusing because I don't get it, the yellow tights. What, what's going on? I I I I, was, I I have seen him in blue. He he used to he wore blue. I know him better for his blue ones, but yellow I've never seen him before. No, I no that was a first it for just, me. It looked weird. So this was this was an extremely boring nine minutes and thirteen second match. And guess what, folks? What's this? Andre the Giant won the battle royal. Yay! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> now, look, I have all the respect in the world for the legacy of Andre the Giant. Yep. I can only imagine the bullshit that he encountered dealing with people and just trying to exist in a normal society. Can you imagine him trying to take a shit in a normal environment? I mean, this is why they had Tim White traveling around with him, like, uh, taking care of things. You know, and, and I know that sounds like a joke or might sound crass or whatever, like I'm making fun of him. No, I'm actually not. Like, I, you know, you, you, you know, being disabled, you know, you think you think about things like that a lot more often than the average able-bodied person. And I don't think that Andre, especially later on, was very able-bodied. And, you know, and knowing his history and, of course, seeing documentaries on him, you hear about, you know, how, how much he struggled and all of this stuff, like sitting in airplane seats or, you know, how his parents had this massive chair specially made for him just so he could, you know, sit comfortably in, in his own parents' house. I mean, in in all seriousness, I feel so bad for Andre in in certain regards because, um, you know, it's just how do you live like that? 
Yes, you're a you're a modern Marvel. You have all the celebrity and all that stuff, and people loved him for what he did. Um, and um, you, you know, of course, he was Stephanie McMahon's best friend when she was three years old, according to her, and which which tells me that he could be a very gentle, very good in the very good person, you know. And I can only Im imagine how difficult it was to be him, especially back in those days. You yeah, know, of course, Andre the Giant um had that uh, had that uh, disability that uh, thing where thing giantism. Yeah, he, that's what it was, and almost the has, same thing. And so, and so does the Big Show. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, so it's just like being disabled really makes me think about like how, you know, how difficult it must have been for him, and I just like feel bad. But in terms of the, in terms of the wrestling, no shit, he won this battle royal. Yeah, right. Because at the time, at the time, folks, he was the, and I think he might still be st statistically. I'm not sure. I'd have to look. That would be an interesting um, sidebar to look at whether Andre the Giant is still the winningest superstar in Battle Royals. Um, but, um, but, yeah, it was just not, it was just not good. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could have taken a, 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 a 10 minute break, you know, and, and you would have been fine. Um, now, this next match, I actually thoroughly enjoyed. This was easily um, easily the best match on the card, um, in my opinion. This was... Um, shit, this thing froze again. Hold on. Uh-oh. Fuckery. Yeah, this was... This was here, uh, here we go. This was a pretty good match. Now, these two teams have been feuding... Um, since they have been feuding over the tag team championships, even having matches on Saturday Night's Main Event, talking about the Bulldogs and the Dream Team. Yeah, um, you know, and it's back now. I had to reload it. Mm -hmm. um, so, aside from, aside from the fact that I find the Dream Team to be a very weird pairing, and... Um, and all of that, um, you know, this was easily the best match. I mean, this was actually wrestling and not, you know, let's try to get on the front page of Hollywood bullshit. Yes, they had Ozzy Osbourne, which I'm, I'm not going to get mad at Ozzy Osbourne uh, being there for the British Bulldogs. Of course not. Well, the um, countrymen, right? So, absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, eh. I just, I've never cared for celebrity involvement in, in WWE. Like, I get it. Uh, and in, in certain situations, such as Bad Bunny or Logan Paul, based on his in-ring work, even though I wish he wasn't in the company, to be honest with you. Yeah. In, in situations like that, it can work. But by and large, celebrity involvement in WWE does not work. So I'm not a fan. But if you were to go and watch a single match from this card, um, you know, I would recommend this one. 
by a long shot. Uh, not only uh, because of the quality of, of the wrestling, um, but um, but you know just to get an appreciation for two, well, I would say one of the most uh, preeminent tag teams of the, of the time, because talent wise, I would put the British Bulldogs up there with with anybody. You know, we we talk about when you talk about the you know, the best tag team of all time, you hear about, you know, the Steiners, which is a very good argument. You hear about the Dudley Boys, um, Harlem Heat, especially if you're a WCW guy like I am. Um, and, and, and a whole host of other ones. But, you know, the British Bulldogs, in terms of straight-up wrestling, they might get my vote. So I I definitely appreciated that match for sure. Um, Hercules versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Do we have time to get this one in before we go? Uh, yeah, I think so. All right, very good. Um, I didn't have much knowledge of the um of the feud. I can't say that this was a classic. Um, because it was there was a feud here. I, I... What's there? Well, I, I I don't know. I don't think so. Um, obviously, Ricky would have his classic match um, against uh, Randy Savage the following year at WrestleMania three. Um, was it a bad match? No, and at least it was a wrestling match. But um, you know, it was just it was just there. Um, and of course, I feel you know, like that's a lot of these mad the matches on this show were just random matches thrown together. Yeah, you know they were focusing on the um, the the multiple arenas aspects, the celebrity aspect. The celebrity aspect was was a huge deal here, and it was a flop, in my opinion. You know, out of respect for Ricky Steamboat, I'd be willing to give this match a uh, two-star. And Hercules isn't isn't that bad. Um, you know, but I, I would say this was one of only three actual wrestling matches on the show. Um, so that's... I would, I would say that's high praise considering this card. And with that in mind... Uh, we'll be back with the uh, so Ben Freak one. Then, I, when we get back from break after we're done WrestleMania, I'm gonna give you the ratings for all the matches from Wrestling Data, and then I'll give you the final rating that they gave it. Okay, okay, very good. And we're back, and we're going to get into the rest of the third, uh, the rest of the matches from. The final uh, location for WrestleMania 2. Ben, what do we have next? An absolutely riveting three minute and one second match between adorable Adrian Adonis versus Uncle Elmer. And you were messaging me during this one as well. You were asking who the hell Uncle Elmer <laughs> I believe I said who the fuck, but that's yeah. not here. <laughs> no, but I'm saying like uh, you like who the fuck is Uncle Elmer. 
I was like, okay, good, okay, right, here we go. <laughs> so I explained to you who Uncle Albert was. Yeah, apparently he was uh, part of the hillbillies with Hillbilly Jim. And Cousin um, Luke and Cousin Junior, and we're not talking about the Bushwhacker. We're talking about different Cousin Luke. Yeah, I can just imagine people saying, Cousin Luke was in, in, in the hillbillies. Right? That's why, oh. that's, why I, um, that's why I pointed that out. We're not talking about the Bushwhackers, sir. Okay, um, this is really weird because I'm looking up Uncle Elmer because I don't even know much about him aside from what I told you, what I knew. But this guy has been competing since the 60s. He started in South southeastern United States from 1960 to 1985. One of the names he wrestled under was Kamala too, which I'm not sure. Okay, whatever. Wasn't he a white boy? I mean, yes. you know, it's just kind of weird. I've heard of Plowboy Frazier, but I didn't know that was him. But he had a he had quite a few names, and uh, he debuted in the WWF in nineteen eighty five. He was there for one year. Yeah, he was. He wasn't there for very long. Nope, he left after a quick loss to King Hong Bundy at Saturday's main event. And I want to go back and see how long that match was. So, okay, what do you have for this match? What can I say about it? I mean, yeah, it was much. just... You can't say kinda, this, was, this was terrible. You know, and, and you know, it's... I'm not trying to be lazy, but literally, folks, there's like, like almost nothing I can say about this. Nope. Like, it didn't matter at all. No, it was terrible. And uh, I swear, I feel so bad for Adrian Adonis that Vince McMahon changed his whole character into this, into a normal Adrian Adonis, because he had a legit tough guy in uh, the early Adrian Donis, but he had him drop that gimmick to go with this one. Cool. Uh, it's, um, yeah, this was not a good match. No. It, this, no, uh-uh. I feel like this is uh, where Adrian Donis starts going downhill because this guy was tag team champion in AWA cool. and WWF. Well, yeah, but he also, he, he may have really started to go downhill because he had a significant drug problem. Right, but I'm saying like, uh, like, but I'm talking about like, uh, af I'm thinking like after the he debuted this adorable Asian Donald gimmick, I think uh, that was it. Yeah, well, a, a guy that has to wrestle in a dress. Yeah, you know. We're not, I mean, you're not going to get very many of those that work, gold dust excluded. And sometimes I don't even know how gold dust work out. And, and at this at this point, uh, WF was still supposedly aimed towards kids with these cartoon characters. But this is not a cartoon character. Uh, no. <laughs> like, Mommy, why is that man wearing a dress? I don't know, son. <laughs> and you see my niece walking into the room. Elio, what are you watching? How do you explain that?
<laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> you just be like, don't tell grandma. Right? <laughs> then they'll be no. like, no, it's okay. Grandma already knows. I mean, it was weird. The next match was the other uh, good match on the show. Um, this was this was the Funks versus Tito Santana and Junkyard Dog. Very weird uh, combination, if you ask me. Okay, but um, before you go on, now remember when we were doing uh, what wrestler was champion champion world champion on our when the year we were born? Yeah, Antonio was saying it was uh, Dory Funk Jr. And I thought it was senior. I, I didn't know uh, Dory Funk was uh, that old because, like, I thought Haas Funk was like somewhere in the 70s and like Dory Funk senior was earlier than that. So yeah. I looked it up myself. I'm like, okay, I didn't know he, he that, that was the same guy that wrestled in WWF in the 80s. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, some of this development in the 80s is just very weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, so it's like, I don't, I don't blame you for thinking that somebody was, was, you know, younger or older or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's just strange. Um, you know, some of what the 80s had to offer was awesome. You know, this it was like the boom period of wrestling, but clearly this pay-per-view is not one of them. Uh, so, so sorry, what do you have on this match again? The weird combination? Um, you know, I'll, I would give this a three-star. This was this and the other tag match with the British Bulldogs and the Dream Team were the best matches of the night for me by far. Yep. Um, next up, we have the main event, which is the steel cage match for the world title with Hulk Hogan and King Kong Bundy. And you know the story here, right? Uh, remind me, and then, and then I'll either say yes or no. Okay, so it was on the Saturday Night's main event. It was uh, Hulk Hogan uh, versus Don Morocco. Hogan wins, and then, uh, but then, uh, Bundy runs in and him and Morocco attack uh, Hogan. Morocco, hold, Morocco holding Hogan in the in the turnbuckles and Bundy hits him with the avalanche, crack, cracking his ribs. And so the story here was that Hogan was taking the hospital with cracked ribs, courtesy of Bundy's Bundy splash and avalanche. And that led to their WrestleMania two main events inside Sue Cage. The focus with Bundy focusing on Hogan's ribs throughout the match. Okay, okay, yeah. So that made se- okay. That makes more sense then, because um, because I was wondering where the rib injury came from. Okay, yeah. Well, that was it. Uh, the it was uh, on a certain main event. Okay. Well, that. See, I know I've said this before in this show already, but I love having you on this because you just add the, you know, you you add so much more to it with the, you know, the layers and and your your um deep storyline knowledge of the of things. 
especially in this time period. Um, but you know, there were as much as I could appreciate this match, and like especially for this time period, and like I can understand people being very entertain entertained by this, right? Um, but wrestling-wise, it left a lot to be desired. I mean, this was big man versus big man. But the one thing that really put a damper on the match for me was, like, literally, the camera was focusing on King Kong Bundy for so long when he had his head outside of the ropes against the against the cage. This happened on two different occasions, but on the one time, he just happened to be blading while the camera was on him. I swear to God, this might be worse than when John Moxley bladed and and the, and the uh, camera just zoomed in on him. Oh, it, I remember that. That was bad. I mean, yeah, this might have been... Go yeah. On, this might have been very... This might have been even worse. Because it was so bad that, like, um, that Bobby Heenan was trying to cover it with his hands, but everybody knew what he was doing. Like, it was just so weird. And obviously, you know, if if this had been, if I had been around back then, I wouldn't have understood that that's what he was doing. But having the, that, you know, that knowledge of exactly what he's doing. It's just like it takes me out of it. Like, come on, you guys are professionals. You don't know how to blade without people seeing it. And like, and I'll give you one example because I remember this one. Um, I want to say it was Boston Garden, this team of Santana, Randy Savage. Randy Savage was thrown to the outside, and he, I, they, they came out started out when he was rubbing his uh, hand again or his wrist against his forehead. And I could tell what he was doing. Yeah. Because he had a blade hidden in his wrist. I mean, people don't rub their 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 fist against their forehead. How often do you see people doing this? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I'm, I'm hand, seeing you do it now. <laughs> their hand is always turned this way. Yeah. You know, with their hand in toward their head. Yeah. You know? And if if they bladed that way, that would make more sense. Yeah. You know? But, nah. But, you know, but in terms of entertainment value, um, this this wasn't, um, for me, it, it wasn't my cup of tea, but at least the crowd was into it and you had story going behind it as uh, LAO just filled me in on. Um and um, I really, I really think he, Bobby Heenan always adds a little something extra for me mm -hmm. because I'm just such a big fan of his. Um, so overall, for a main event, this was much better, in my opinion, than WrestleMania One's main event. So, what I mean, what what did you think of it? I mean, it was bad. You know what I love about Steel Cage? This match. This is a Steel Cage match. You win two ways through the door or over the top rope, not the way they do it today. Yeah. The way they do it today is just terrible. 
I'm going to quickly give you the ratings for these matches, because I, which I should have done this from the beginning, but I didn't have, but it's kind of difficult to do when you have three separate, um, three separate links. Well, that's understandable. So we have Paul Orner versus Magnus from Morocco. You give it what? Oh, a one. I, I just, I didn't care for that, for that the, at all. The site gave it a 2.9. Out of out of six? Out of six. Holy shit. In the Continental Championship, what do you give it? <laughs> Ready to have George Steele. Uh a one. This one gave it a three. <laughs> oh, for out of out of six? Holy <laughs> shit. So next one we have Jake Robertson, George Wells. I give it a zero. This one got a two point eight. Oh my god! <laughs> what is going on at the boxing match? Okay, what do you got for the boxing match? Oh, one and a half. This one two point three. Okay, well that's not too bad. But okay, all right. So let me uh, let me go to the second link and see what the second link. All right, so now the Rosemont Horizon. We have Mula and Bubba McIntyre. Oh, this this is definitely zero. This was nothing. Uh, this one got a two. What? <laughs> Are these people high? <laughs> the flag match, Volkov and Corporal Kirshner. Uh, one. One point nine. So that one ranked high. That, that one ranked almost as high as Fabulous Mole and Velvet. Oh my god. Okay, the Battle Royal. What do you got? Uh, uh, maybe a two. 3.7. Jesus. These people are just positively charitable. Uh, the, the tag team match. What do you give that one? Bulldogs and the Dream Team. I'll give that one a four. Yep, this one got a 4.5. Yep. All right, now the final stop. The LA Sports Arena, Ricky Steamboat and Hercules. Two. A 3.8. Bullshit. <laughs> Uncle Elber and Adrian Adonis. A, a one. So 1.5. Okay, well, that, that's reasonable. Uh, Terry Funk and the Funks and Chunky Dog and Tia Santana. I'll give that a three. That one got a four point one. No, that it, it, I don't think it was on the same level as as the other tag match. No. And then a steel cage match. I'll give it a two and a half. This one got a three point five. Holy fuck! So overall. The, the Los Angeles, the, the matches that the LA Sports Arena got, the, got a 3.6 star rating out of 6. Holy crap. Um, the Rosemont Horizon portion got a 3.4 out of 6. And the, the NASA Coliseum got a 2.9 out of 6. 
Oh my god. Well, they said the middle of the show was the best part. Well, that me that makes sense because they had the tag matches in it, so that makes sense. Two point nine, three point four, and two three point six. So I'm gonna do some quick math here. Cause I just gotta for my own curiosity. So give yep. me a minute. I'm just gonna put so I said two point nine, right? Yep. 2.9, divide that by 3, oh my god, altogether a 3.3 out of 6. No. A, a combi- all three locations combined. I I disagree entirely. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with that. that this, this was a terrible WrestleMania to get through. Yeah, it, it, was, it was very challenging. Alright, so Ben, I was telling you... The keyword for 1986 is storytelling. Right. Uh, while we were while while we went to um, impromptu commercial, I sent you a a YouTube link. I want you to watch that before Saturday's show because that chronicles the storyline of 1986. The feud that led between Paul O'Neill and Hulk Hogan that led up to their match at the big event. Okay, yeah, I'll definitely check it out, man. No problem. All right, and uh, now we're gonna jump into we're gonna jump into into the DeLorean. We're gonna go three months into the future. Into the future, we're gonna go to to July of '86 because. I want to get this one out of the way right now, so we only have one show to cover on Saturday. Okay, uh, very first good. First of all, are we done with WrestleMania 2? Yes, we are. So, we're going to jump to July 14th, 1986. Now, you're asking, you're probably wondering, what took place on July 14th, 1986? God damn it, you're a mind reader. WWF King of the Ring 1986 from the Sullivan Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Why couldn't we get that on pay-per-view and not WrestleMania 2? Exactly. And here are the tournament brackets along with the matches. So in the first round we had Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna play the game. I want you to pick the winners for each round, and I'll tell you who ex- exactly who won each match. All right? Uh, okay. And just so you guys know, I don't know. This is completely blind for me. Yep. I have no idea. And I wish I could have watched this on television, but unfortunately, they decided not to do this as a pay per view. Why I don't know. Now, the first match: Billy Jack Haynes. Versus the Iron Sheik. The Iron Sheik. Billy Jack Haynes. Holy. Wow. Okay. Harley Race versus George the Animal Steel. Harley Race. Harley Race by disqualification. Don Morocco versus Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. 
actually this was a 20 minute drop so there was a buy in the quarterfinals okay nikolai volkov versus danny spivey volkov correct six minutes eight seconds then we had Chunkier Dog versus Paul Orndorff. Orndorff. Chunkier Dog by disqualification. Okay. And the final match in round one Pedro Morales versus Rudy Diamond. Morales. Okay. Pedro Morales. And uh, Rudy Diamond was an enhancement talent that was a substitute for Cowboy Bob Orton. Okay. The first match of the quarterfinals. Now this is this name is Mr. X. And this was a substitute for Hercules Hernandez. However, I'm curious to see who Mr. X was because Okay, uh, Mr. X, um Danny Davis. So he was a okay. substitute for Hercules Hernandez. So in the quarterfinals, we had Mr. X versus Billy Jack Haynes. Who do you have? Billy Jack Haynes. Billy Jack Haynes, and this was 59 seconds. Why did they even put it on there? Like, I legitimately don't right? understand. Because I can tell you, if it was Hercules Hernandez, it wouldn't have been a 59-second match. So, of course, Harley Race uh, doesn't wrestle because he has a bye. Nikolai Volkov versus the Junkyard Dog. Junkyard Dog. Nikolai Volkov by submission. Oh, okay. 11 minutes, 16, 11 minutes, 16 seconds. And the final match of the quarterfinals, Pedro Morales and Mike Rotundo. Um, Pedro. Pedro Morales. And again, uh, I don't understand where Mike Rotundo is in this tournament unless he was another substitute okay so that brings us to the semi-finals we have billy jack haynes versus harley race um harley race harley race and he won by count out what i don't like that at all and the, and the match was 12 minutes and 30 seconds the what match? The match was 12 minutes and 30 seconds. Oh, okay. I thought you said something before before match. Okay. okay. Last match, uh, final match in semifinals, Nikolai Volkov versus Pedro Morales. Uh, Morales. Okay. Very good. Now, around this time, when I first saw Harley Race, I used to see him walk out with Bobby Heenan. He would wear the cape and a crown and they would call him king harley race the king of wrestling and my question to myself was why is he the king of wrestling who made him the king of wrestling right right so up until i believe um it was uh, during the time when we were doing the main podcast that i learned that there was a king of the ring 86 and he, that's where this final match uh comes in Harley Race versus Pedro Morales was the finals of King of the Ring 86. It had to be Harley Race if and he's it, the and king. It, and it was Harley Race. And so now I know how he got 
to be uh, named King of the Ring or King Harley Race, and he always kept calling himself the King of Wrestling. Because up to this point, I had no idea why this guy came out the ring with a cape and a crown. Yeah. So that was uh, King of the Ring 86. I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Uh, so certainly we only have to work on the big event. And cool. that the final, the final pay-per-view of 1986. Sounds good, man. All right. So Ben, we see bring uh, this show to a close. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really growing to enjoy these conversations, even if I didn't enjoy WrestleMania 2 in and of itself. But wait, wait, wait till you watch that uh, YouTube link I sent you. You're going to, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about when I say storytelling in 1986. Because 85, they focus on Roddy Piper versus Hulk Hogan. 86, Hulk Hogan versus Paul Rudolph was the feud of the year there at this time. Well, it it sounds really cool, and I um I really haven't seen a lot of Paul Warndorf, so that'll be that'll be fun. Yep. Anyway, to see Moon Dogs in action. <laughs> oh joy! Do they bark? Uh, you know what? I wonder if they ever did, and I'm being serious because I I don't know. Like I wonder if they ever did in their interviews. Well, no, because I know the one guy did it in his interview. It was off-putting. I'm like, what the. Because <laughs> I know Chuck your dog used to bark during his interviews. Why used to go like using that stupid arf arf sound? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just like, what? Yeah, like, what? It, what's going on? Is one of my dogs in here? I'm not <laughs> familiar with <laughs> All right, so Ben, uh, it's time to fire up the DeLorean and head back to the future. Absolutely. For, for the time being. So, fans, I'm Elio Ben. This has been Wrestling History 101. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Thanks for hanging out with us. And uh, like I said on the last episode, we, we've really been enjoying uh, bringing you this new series. Hopefully you've been enjoying it too. And even if you don't um, really get into the um, pay-per-views themselves, at least not right now, I, Believe it or not, I'm right there with you. But just hang on um, with us, and we're going to get into some really good stuff here uh, as we move down the line uh, later in the later in the series that we're working on. It so only, get, um, it only gets better. Absolutely. So with that in mind, uh, please join us on uh, Saturday. Um, well, you'll hear it probably on Sunday. Um, for our next edition of Wrestling History 101, class dismissed. Rhodes, when we're going, we don't need Rhodes.